Welcome. This is Legal Wise with Ted Eccles, a show dedicated to helping you find peace of mind through being well-informed and up-to-date. We want to help you defeat procrastination and provide information on legal matters that matter to you. I'm Ted Eccles, attorney, and you can reach us at LegalWiseGA.com. If you have a legal question, or particularly an estate planning question, go to our website and write to us. We try to address questions that you, our listeners, will find interesting and helpful. You can also join us as part of our free virtual estate planning workshops. To register, give us a call, 770-506-9092, or visit our website at LegalWiseGA.com. We've got a great show lined up for you today on Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. We'll be talking about wills. Starting a new business, intentional torts, fence encroachments, irrevocable trust, and HOAs. And we'll have an interview with a special guest. So let's get started. Sue has a question. She says, my husband and I were recently talking about whether we need a will. He says that we don't need a will because when one of us dies, everything will just go to the surviving spouse. Is that true? A great question, Sue. At Eccles Law Group, this is a common question we receive. While your husband is expressing what most people believe to be true, it does not currently represent what the law says in Georgia. Without a will, when a person dies, their heirs at law are entitled to receive their property. The heirs at law of a person are determined at the time of their death. For a person who is married and has children, his or her heirs at law include all of them, both the spouse and the children. The process at the probate court involves a person petitioning the court to become the administrator and requires that inventories and returns be filed and may even require the posting of a bond. For almost everyone, it's a better approach to at least have a will that allows you to decide who will receive your property, and it can also relieve your representative from the trouble and expense of having to file the additional documents with the court. A complete estate plan includes a will that allows you to take control of writing the rules for your estate and who will receive your property. You can also establish a trust that allows you to control when the beneficiaries will receive your property and who will look after the property until your beneficiaries are ready to receive it. In addition to a will and possibly a trust, you'll also want to consider preparing a power of attorney and advance directive. These documents allow you to appoint a person to assist you with your property and assets during your lifetime and communicate important medical decisions when you're unable to do so. So Sue, while your husband may find it convenient to put off preparing any estate planning document, you may want to encourage him to move forward with the preparing of a plan to avoid the trouble and expense caused by not having these important documents. Thanks for the question, Sue. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. We have a question from Roy. He says, my friend and I are thinking of starting a lawn care business. We already have some equipment, 
but we will need to buy an additional lawnmower and other power tools. Is it easy just to open a joint bank account and deposit the same amount of money to get started? Well, Roy, congratulations on your new business. A new enterprise is hard enough, but it's especially challenging when you have a partner. While you both may be very good at what you do, one of the first things to think about is the potential liability issues associated with owning a business. One of the best ways to create some protection is to form an LLC or a corporation. This would involve drafting and filing the organizational documents with the Secretary of State. Many people consider using an attorney to help them create these important documents. In addition to providing a layer of protection against potential liability issues, these documents can be used to reduce to writing some important contractual terms between you and your friend. Well-written documents can prevent arguments and provide protections in the event one of the partners is unable to continue in the business. Another important consideration in thinking about liability is acquiring liability insurance and workers' compensation insurance. With liability insurance, it will add protection in the unlikely event that someone is hurt or property is damaged by you or your employees while you guys are cutting grass or trimming hedges. Workers' comp will almost always be requested by any potential customer because it provides coverage for any employee hurt while working on the job. Liability issues are just the beginning of things to think about with your new enterprise. It's a good idea to consult with an experienced attorney before undertaking a new business to make sure you're taking full advantage of the tools available to maximize profits, minimize taxes, and best serve your customers. I wish you much success with your new business, Roy. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. If you have a question, go to LegalWiseGA.com. We have a question from Thomas. He says, I was recently at a bar enjoying some refreshments and a fellow patron took offense at something I said. This guy had a short fuse and within a few seconds he took a swing at me. Rather than fight him, I decided to leave. If I'd been injured as a result of his aggressiveness, what could I recover? Well, Thomas, it sounds like you may have made a good choice to leave the bar and avoid getting in a fist fight. There are at least two areas of law that apply in a situation like this. Intentional, uninvited touching can be a battery. And the greater the injury to the victim, the more serious the criminal offense. So someone who decides to resolve a dispute with physical violence runs the risk of being arrested and charged with a serious crime. As a part of being found guilty or a plea of guilty, the court can require some reimbursement of expenses like medical bills. However, this usually is not sufficient to make the victim whole. But this restitution isn't the only available remedy. Georgia provides that when you're the victim of egregious behavior, you also have civil relief. In this civil context, this is sometimes referred to as an intentional tort. And generally speaking, tort law includes a violation of a personal legal right other than a breach of contract. And 
While general torts include negligent behavior which entitle the victim to a recovery of compensatory damages, the law carves out an additional class of torts, sometimes called intentional torts, and allows the victim to recover not only compensatory damages, but possibly a lot more. A victim of an intentional tort, such as an act of physical violence that results in an injury, can allow the victim to pursue punitive damages. Under Georgia law, these are not intended to compensate the victim, rather they are intended to punish the perpetrator and serve to dissuade that person from engaging in this egregious behavior again. So if you're out there and uh, maybe tempted to resolve a dispute with physical violence, you may want to think twice because you could be exposing yourself to not only criminal prosecution but also significant civil liability. If you are like Thomas and the victim of an intentional tort, consult with an experienced attorney because you may be entitled to recover for your injuries and seek even punitive damages to discourage that bad behavior in the future. Thanks for the question, Thomas. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. We have a special guest with us this week on Legal Wise with Ted Eccles, Keith Mather with Pipeline Social Media. Pipeline was founded in June of 2011. They have 12 team members all over the metro area. Their mission is to help businesses and brands fully benefit from the power of social media, website design, optimization, and advertising. Their team consists of a wide range of people, including young adults, mothers who work from home, seasoned professionals, all of whom are social media experts, creative writers, graphic design artists, branding experts. They have a wide variety of team members. Welcome, Keith. Thank you for being with us on Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. Thank you for having me. Yes, you have a great team. Why is it that you have such a myriad of uh, folks who work for you with varying backgrounds? Well, it takes a team to really uh, push your company out there on social media nowadays and designing websites. It's all it's all specialized. Yeah, speaking of that, how important is it for a business to have an online presence? Well, it's it's, it's very uh, it's it's like not having a front door to your business if you don't have a website. So it's <laughs> you need to have a, a website first for people to know who you are and to walk in the door. Uh, but social media right now is, as you probably know, is taken off. It's there's over worldwide 2.7 billion uh, Facebook users and about 225 million in the, U- in the United States. Um, and they spend about 145 minutes a day on social media. That's two hours and 25 minutes of a day spent um, e- either on Facebook or even Instagram, which is there's people on Instagram, hundred and they say 130 million users on Instagram tap the shopping post every month. So there's, there's plenty of people out there to, to really uh, to target, to bring into your website and to have that online presence. It's almost necessity. Yeah. I know that um, as businesses venture into the online uh, marketplace, it seems like monitoring your reputation is a, is also important out there. So how do you deal with, with um, 
negative reviews and how are those even posted on there for those listeners who who are newer to the online arena sure there's there's a few factors uh, that are very important is is google always has uh, google reviews you hear those all the time um, facebook has facebook recommendations uh, if you don't if you're not answering um, either positive or negative reviews on your on Google or on your social media accounts, uh, you're not building that community that you need to build. Because if you have a customer that comes in that's that loves you and they say something nice about you, you want to go out there and thank them because then they're going to keep coming back and buying y- your product. Uh, if they say something negative, the people that come on and read that and you don't respond, that's even worse because then that means you don't care. And if you don't care, then they don't care about you. And then it just, it's a negative thing keeps going. So you want to respond both positive and negative to your reputation. And we know how to do that pipeline. We, we do that. We work with hotels. And if there's one place that people leave reviews, it's hotels. And if anything's going to happen, crazy uh, hotels, but we work with all kinds of companies across this broad spectrum. So that is important. You know, most business owners are really good at what they do whether it's landscaping, tree trimming, or, or uh, running a hardware store. But it doesn't it take some, some level of expertise to th- dive into this world of, of uh, social media? And is that, is that how your business got started? It is. Uh, it got started with the fact that, you know, you, people are good at, uh, like you, you're, you're a great lawyer, and you need to focus on that. You don't, you're not a social media expert. Uh, you don't know the ins and outs of what Instagram or what Facebook or what your website needs to look like. And so uh, we're here to help the, the business owner, the small, the medium-sized business owner that can't afford to hire somebody at forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year to come in and say, hey, build me a website or run social media for me. Uh, we're a fraction of that cost uh, to help you uh, market yourself out there on social media where everybody is. Yeah, I think that that's, that is important. And from a legal perspective, you know, here at Legal Wise with Ted Eccles, we always try to identify the legal angles to the various activities that um, that folks are engaged in every day. And it is so easy to go online and start typing away comments, information, but just like you can be held liable for defamation if you're just out in the marketplace, that's a risk online too, isn't it? Oh, it is. As you've seen uh, broadly, uh, people getting fired for tweets uh, or or tweets they made 10 years ago. Um, And so it's important for a company, a business, to have somebody that's on their page that represents them and doesn't represent uh, and is not and has and knows how to speak on social media that knows how to take a conversation privately, move it to a private conversation and not a public discourse where everybody sees where you're airing your laundry and then you get in trouble for calling out people. And then that actually will end up hurting your business and then it could hurt others, too. So you want to be careful to to move things to a private conversation very quickly. Yeah, and that, that isn't the only minefield out there when navigating this online uh, presence and online activity. There's, it's easy to run across photos and other things online, but 
folks can get in trouble po- reposting those things, can't they? Oh, they can. Uh, we've seen lawsuits come in left and right where you have professional photographers that have taken pictures and you post them as a business um, and then you'll get an email asking to take it down or you might get sued. Now, there are some pe- there's some co- there's some spammers out there that will be fake about that, but there are legitimate photographers that you can do a reverse search on Google and find out where the actual picture owner is. So we as a pipeline know exactly where to gain all, all the photos, different sites to gain, to get photos, to get free photos, to get pay for photos, to be able to use for your company. And so that, those are huge. You can't use certain terms. Uh, you, when you post something about the Super Bowl, you can't say, you can't write out Super Bowl. You have to say the big game. Uh, and so that's very important that you don't make those little tiny mistakes and then you get a lawsuit from the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I think that that that's why I think it's in a lot of ways appropriate to call it a minefield because it, on the surface, it, it uh, doesn't look that difficult. But there are a lot of ways for businesses to find themselves in hot water as they're dealing with uh, social media and their online presence. If somebody wants to learn more about uh, how to deal with with an online uh, presence for their business, how can they get in touch with you to learn more information about Pipeline Social Media? Sure. Uh, PipelineSocialMedia.com. That's where we are. 678-814-4601. If you want to do the old-fashioned call, you can call us uh, <laughs> or you can reach out to us uh, just through our website. Uh, that's the best way to get in touch with us. Well, great. Thanks for visiting with us today, Keith. And that's with Pipeline Social Media. And you're listening to LegalWise with Ted Eccles. Are you aware of the threats and predators that are relentlessly pursuing your assets? Join me, Ted Eccles, in a free virtual workshop where we'll discuss estate planning essentials and protecting your estate. To learn more, visit EcclesLawGroup.com and submit your request to take part in one of our weekly workshops. Eccles Law Group is committed to helping you find peace of mind. We have a question from Julie. She says, I've always wanted a horse. I recently purchased a house with five acres and put up a fence in the back for my new animal. After finishing the fence... My neighbor and I figured out that I had built my fence a few feet over the line on his property. Rather than tear down and rebuild the fence, my neighbor said I could just purchase the two-foot strip from him. But now he says he's changed his mind and won't sell. Can I force him to follow through with his offer? Well, Julie, this is an interesting question and has a number of legal issues in it. But your primary issue is whether the oral statement made by your neighbor creates an enforceable contract. While Georgia generally allows parties to enter into verbal contracts, there are a few matters that require the agreement to be reduced to writing and signed by the parties. This is called the Georgia Statute of Frauds. There are a few things that must be in writing, for example, guaranteeing another's debt and reviving a debt after the statute of limitations has expired. Unfortunately for you, an agreement involving the sale of real estate is also required to be in writing and signed by the parties. 
So unless you and your neighbor reduced the agreement to writing and then signed it, you may have a difficult time forcing him to sell the property to you. If you're frustrated by this rule, it may be because you grew up like me, where someone's word was enough to create an obligation. In other contexts, people would say, I do business on a handshake. In many ways, sadly, those standards no longer apply. Particularly with real estate, the law is pretty clear. Contracts must be in writing and signed by the parties. You may have other options other than just tearing down your fence and rebuilding it. Perhaps you could ask your neighbor for a license to keep the fence where it is, even though it encroaches on his property ever so slightly. I will suggest that if you're able to reach some kind of agreement, that you write it down and both sign it so that there is no confusion in the future regarding your plans moving forward. Congratulations on your new horse, Julie. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. Victor has a question. He says, I've been living in my house for 30 years. This year, I finally paid off my mortgage and I now own my home debt-free. I've heard that the more equity I have in my home, the more exposure I have to creditors. What does that mean? Well, Victor, congratulations on paying off your home. Not only is it a great feeling to pay off your mortgage, the additional cash available each month as a result of not having to pay the mortgage can seem like an immediate pay increase. For many people, the largest investment they have is their home. Once it's paid off, you begin to think about ways to protect that investment from creditors or other predators who want what you have. For other folks, they want a plan to protect their home if they need long-term care in the future and want Medicaid to pay for that care without exposing their home to a Medicaid lien. One of the hallmarks of a great estate plan includes protecting assets while allowing you to remain in complete control of the asset and the ability to use it. If you give your property to your children, then you're giving up control of your property. So for most people, this is not the best option. However, many people consider creating an irrevocable trust and transferring property into it during their lifetime so that those assets are protected from the predators that want it including creditors, the government, and even Medicaid. An irrevocable trust allows you to remain in control of the property and to the exclusive use of the property, even though it's no longer in your name. This is a great tool for asset protection. So, Victor, when you begin to think about planning to protect your property, you'll want to consult with an experienced attorney to help you draft this important document. You'll also want to consider adding a power of attorney, an advanced directive, and a will. At Eccles Law Group, we help folks with these types of documents every day. With a great estate plan, which begins with understanding your goals, you can create a plan that will help you have peace of mind regarding your assets and your beneficiaries. Thanks for the question, Victor. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. Growing up, I had the benefit of living on a subdivision street conveniently close to grocery stores and restaurants, while at the same time having the chance to frequent a farm in the country, since my dad operated a dairy and managed a herd of cattle. 
My parents made sure we grew up with the responsibility of taking care of animals, including a small flock of chickens located on the farm. My brother and I were charged with the daily task of feeding and watering the chickens, as well as gathering the eggs. As kids, we enjoyed the benefits of fresh eggs on the breakfast table, as well as the money we made by selling our excess eggs to neighbors and friends. I have carried on that tradition with my family, and we enjoy having a small flock at our house, even though we live in a subdivision. Many of our friends have approached me and relayed that they would love to have some backyard chickens, but they've been told that their HOA rules prohibit it. They then ask if that is true. Well, for those subdivision dwellers who desire a little taste of country life, the Homeowners Association covenants and rules may put a damper on their enthusiasm. Many HOA covenants prevent the residents from housing non-domesticated animals on their property. This prohibition includes horses, cows, goats, and chickens, even if the animals are quiet and kept in the backyard. Here's a little background. Most covenants are created by the owner prior to the development of the subdivision and apply to all of the lots once developed. These covenants are designed to govern the type of homes and finishes in the subdivision and limit the types of behaviors that can be conducted in the neighborhood. In theory and practice, covenants can assist in maintaining the quality of the neighborhood and provide protections for the residents for unwelcome behaviors that may be otherwise permitted in the city or county, such as owning livestock and other non-residential activities, like working on cars or even parking on the street. So if the covenants prevent the owning of chickens, you may want to see if the covenants have expired or if you can amend the covenants to allow keeping chickens. There are some great benefits to having chickens, including teaching responsibility to young farmers and providing quality food available at your back door. Our family continues to reap the benefits of friendly animals around our house. Hopefully our neighbors enjoy the sounds of the barnyard as they stroll around their yards and along the street. You're listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. You've been listening to Legal Wise with Ted Eccles. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or want more information, contact us at LegalWiseGA.com or give us a call, 770-506-9092. While legal advice can help, we know that true peace is found through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us next week as we answer more interesting questions from listeners just like you. The information, comments, and opinions expressed in Legal Wise with Ted Eccles do not constitute legal advice. The topics discussed and opinions given are general in nature and not intended to create any legal relationship or opinion about specific circumstances. No attorney-client relationship has been or will be formed by any communication or legal discussion, and no representation is made regarding your particular legal rights. For legal advice, contact an attorney actively practicing in your jurisdiction.